Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this is episode number 99, Two Truths and a Lie. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Welcome back to another episode of the Filming with Josh podcast. If you're new to the podcast, Filming with Josh is your home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Here on the podcast, we talk about all things video, from storyboarding and script writing to how to price your work. We talk about it all on this podcast. We also have a Facebook group called Filming with Josh, where you can go and share your work, ask for feedback, uh, join in conversations that have to do with the podcast. You can ask questions, things of that nature. So be sure to go to Facebook and join the Filming with Josh group today. I just got back this week from a shoot that I did last week with uh, my friend Joey Chapman, who cam opt for me. We shot a project for two days in Austin and two days in Dallas for a military-related project for one of my clients that is in the AEC, Architectural Engineering Construction Industry. And that was a lot of fun. Joey and I teamed up and um, shot two camera interviews, three cameras in one case of uh, several different people over those four days. And then we also went to a bunch of job sites shooting a lot of B-roll footage of veterans in the field who have transitioned from the military to civilian life by going through a program that uh, this client of mine offers. It was a really cool project. We had a lot of fun. We got to film on some really cool job sites, um, downtown Dallas, right there where a lot of surveying and construction is happening right smack in downtown, which was really fun. Um, got to film on some really big building construction sites all for this project. It was a really good time. Uh, I was a little disappointed though because I recently purchased the new Sony 16-35 2.8 G Master version 2 and it was supposed to have come in the day that I was leaving for this project and it was delayed. <laughs> I was really frustrated. It came in while I was gone, but that didn't help me. Um, I had the original 16-35 2.8G Master. I've had that lens for, gosh, eight years now, I think. No, not eight years. When when I get that? 2017? Five years. I've had that lens for five years. And uh, it's a great lens, but the version 2 has the external aperture ring, um, faster, more reliable autofocusing motors, a little bit better optics, etc., and is a little smaller and lighter. So I was excited to get that in. I already have the new 24 to 70 and 70 to 200 version twos that uh, Sony came out with. So the 16 to 35 feels natural as an upgrade to get uh, to get the version two four. Uh, I was super bummed though that it wasn't here for this project. But either way, um, we had a really good shoot. It was a lot of fun. I love working with people that. Um, understand kind of my vision and what I'm going for. Uh, I, I like working with people, both customers and um, people that I hire, like Joey in this case. I just love working with people that get it and that want to work hard to get the shots and that are willing to get up early or stay out late to make sure we get the footage. And that's exactly what happened on this project. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so I'm back in the office today and I thought I would do a podcast. And this podcast is titled Two Truths and a Lie, which I kind of think is a cool name for a podcast. I'm kind of proud of myself for coming up with that. <laughs> um, but I wanted to talk today about two things, two perceptions that I think people have about videographers or people who do video for a living that I think are true. And one that is a lie. And really, it's the lie that 
spurred me to want to do this podcast because I think there is a misconception about video. And I'm going to save that toward the back half of the podcast because that's the lie. But before we dive into that, I want to talk about two truths, two things that people think about video as a career that I think are true. So if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know a lot about video, hopefully this will shed some light. The first truth is that this is a fun job. And I I do believe that is true. Obviously, it depends on the person, but for me at least, I think this is really fun. And most people I meet get into this career because it's a lot of fun. Video gives you an outlet to be creative. It gives you an outlet to think outside the box. It gives you a chance to travel, to meet people, to go to cool places and do cool things. I was just talking at the very beginning of the podcast about the shoot I did this past week and how I got to go on some pretty cool job sites. I got to meet some pretty cool people. I got to um, work with people that were like-minded in that they wanted to work hard to get the shots and to convey the message that we were there to convey. And I think that's great. Like it's so much fun. I remember when I first got started into video, what what got me into it was the excitement of learning it. Like at the very beginning of my career, that was what made me enjoy video. It was the excitement of learning all about it, learning cameras, learning exposure, learning white balance, learning how to edit. All of that stuff was so much fun. It was the curiosity that sparked my interest and made me want to keep learning more and more about it. And that was so fun. And now over a decade later, I still love it just as much as I did then. Now it's for slightly different reasons. I love it now because I'm trying to hone my craft. I'm trying to perfect things about my craft and I'm never going to be perfect. No one is ever going to be perfect when it comes to video, but the things that I have learned, I'm trying to make better. I'm trying to perfect. I'm trying to to hone in on certain characteristics of my work to make them as good as I can make them. And that is a lot of fun to me. I enjoy figuring out ways to be better at my job. And I still enjoy traveling and I still enjoy meeting people. I think this is such a fun, creative job. It has led me and many people I know all over the world to places we never would have thought we would ever get to go. It truly is, this career truly is a passport to some wild, gnarly destinations. And it also opens up doors to meet really cool, creative people. It could be people that are famous. It could be like-minded people like yourself who just have a passion for, for this. It can be people who are in high up positions of power, whether it's in governments or just positions of power within really big businesses. Um, you can meet all kinds of amazing people. It could just be a really cool rancher or farmer who has no fame, maybe no fortune, but is just a great, genuine person, and you get the chance to meet that person because of this job. So this is a very, very fun job that allows you to travel, that allows you to meet people, that allows you to open doors you likely wouldn't have otherwise. And you get to be creative. You get to think outside the box and think about how can I capture something in a different way? How can I show a story in a certain perspective? That is so incredibly fun. So is this a fun job? Heck yeah, it is. I think it is an awesome job. And I really enjoy it. And I don't know very many people who do video for a living who don't enjoy it. I'm sure they're out there. I have one guy I do know that kind of doesn't enjoy it as much anymore. 
I don't know what his deal is, but I do know that most people I ever meet in this industry love it, and that is why they do it. So yes, I do think it is a truth that this is a fun job. The other truth is that you can make good money. There's a perception out there that you can make really good money in video, and I think you can. You just have to work really hard to get to that point. I, I remember when I first moved down to the Texas Hill Country, I joined a Bible study uh, for the first time at this new church I started going to, and someone asked me what I did for a living, and when I told them, they immediately thought I had a lot of money. <laughs> and I definitely did not and still do not, but you could tell that it was a perception that they had that someone who does video for a living probably makes good money. And I think that can be a truth, absolutely. I don't think it necessarily is guaranteed. In fact, I know it's not guaranteed, but it can happen if you work hard at it. One of the things that's really cool about video is that the sky's the limit. It's one of the things I love about commercial work because in commercial work, for example, you could make $1,500 on a project or you can make $1.5 million on a project. It really just depends on the client and the project and how good you are, how much experience you have, how big your company is, etc. But the point is the sky is the limit. There is no limit to how far you can go. The only person stopping you from going further is you. And that is incredible. So yeah, you can make good money at this job if you work really, really hard at it. It's not going to come overnight. And it's not going to happen in every industry, but if you're in the right industry and you work hard enough, you can make a good living in video. So I do think that that is absolutely a truth. I have definitely been on the on the end of the stick where I struggled and barely could afford ramen. In fact, there was a time I literally could not even afford ramen. And I had to have my wife, who I was dating at the time, buy groceries for me. But I've also seen the other end of the, of the spectrum where you can make really good money. So I do think that that is a truth. Yes, you can make good money in this job. It doesn't mean everybody is, and it doesn't mean you always will, but the sky is the limit, and that is one of the beautiful things about it. So what then, you ask, is the lie? Well, to me, the lie is that it's easy. Back in February of this year, I was shooting a video for a nonprofit. It was a pro bono job for a nonprofit I already do volunteer work for. And we were putting on this event. It was a three-day event, and I was helping run AV for the event. And I felt like the nonprofit could benefit from a video, so I brought my FX6. I wasn't asked to do this. I just offered to, but I brought it and shot for three days while I was already doing some AV work and made a video for this nonprofit and for this event. And it was a lot of fun. And while I was there, I had a gentleman come up to me and introduce himself. And he had an A7R5 strapped around his neck. And he asked about my camera. And he went on to talk a little bit about himself. And he said that he did construction for a living and that he recently started shooting videos and realized how easy it was and how easy it was to make money at it. And it was just such an easy job that he felt, why not? I'll do it on the side and make a ton of cash. And that he said that his goal was to become the primary source for video in the Texas Hill Country. And in the back of my head, all I could think was, good luck. <laughs> and to me, he was really naive. And you could tell he was naive because while we were sitting there talking, 
he asked me about my FX6. He asked me why I owned an FX6 when a camera like his A7R5 could do the exact same thing, but in a smaller body and at a fraction of the price. That to me instantly showed how naive he is about video production because he didn't even understand the difference between my camera and his. I proceeded to explain that my camera ergonomically was built for video and had built-in ND filters and SDI outputs and LUT support and on and on and on and on. And I also explained how his camera wasn't the best camera for, for people looking to do video exclusively. And he asked why. And, and I said, well, not to put your camera down or anything, but there's a lot of overheating issues. In the A7R5, it has really bad rolling shutter performance. He didn't understand what rolling shutter was, so I had to explain that to him. And so on and so forth, you get the point. But the idea is that he was really naive. He did not understand much about video, but he thought he did because he had bought a camera and he had shot a few small videos with it. And he felt that, that from that experience, that video was a really easy career and it was something he could just grab a camera and start doing immediately. And there is some truth to that, right? Like you can go buy a camera and start shooting videos. You can buy a camera and call yourself a photographer, videographer, and you might even land a few clients and, and make a little money. I'm not disputing that. We live in an age today where the barrier of entry to get into video production is way, way smaller than it used to be. It, it used to be really challenging to get into video. I mean, editing programs, for example, used to cost substantially more than they do now. You can buy a lifetime license for DaVinci Resolve Studio for $300. I mean, used to a program like that would cost a lot of money, not to mention the computer hardware that you would need to run said software. Now you can buy an Apple laptop for a couple thousand dollars and pay $300 for DaVinci Resolve Studio, have a lifetime subscription to it, and be able to run that software on that $2,000 laptop without even having to use proxies. It's amazing how, how much has changed. Cameras are way more affordable now. What you get out of a $3,000 camera, you, you couldn't even get out of a $50,000 camera 10, 15 years ago. It's just extraordinary how far we've come. So yeah, in some ways, the barrier of entry does make video, like getting into video easier. But if you want to make a career out of it, it's not easy. That's a lie. To think it's easy is a lie because this is a tough career. I think when you're very first getting started, you start picking up your first clients, you start learning the equipment and you start making videos. And as I said earlier in the podcast, it's a lot of fun. It's really exciting. And you might get the impression that this could be pretty easy. But as you start to get more serious about it, as you start to pick up bigger clients, as you start taking on more complicated work, and especially if you try to make this your sole source of income, you'll quickly learn that this is a tough job. And I, I don't say that to scare anybody away from doing this for a living, but the truth is, this is a hard industry to make a living at. I said in one of the truths that you can make good money at this, and you can, but it is hard to do. You know, not long after the, the individual I met at the event told me about how easy he thought video was, I was like, 
a week or two later, I was on a shoot where we were putting on this live stream. It was a four day live stream, one day of setup, three days of actually streaming. And I had hired a team to help me with this project. And it was pretty complex. We had to handle the in-person sound, the in-person video, because there was going to be presentations, photographs, slides, and pre-made videos that were all going to be projected inside this auditorium. And we were handling the online video and audio. So we were handing, handling AV in-house and AV externally to the stream. And on top of that, we had to project all the audio and video into an overflow room. There was a lot going on. We, we tried to figure out how we were going to mic everyone up, how many mics we needed, how many handheld mics we needed, how many um, lav or lapel mics we needed, um, how many headset mics we needed. We had a lot of audio things in terms of just miking to figure out. And then we had to figure out how to transmit it everywhere. How do we get it to the in-house sound? How do we get it to the online sound? At first we thought we'll send it to a, a board and then we'll take a feed from the, like the board will be for the in-house sound, but then we'll take a feed from the board to the uh, to the live stream board and just take a feed from the in-house board to the live stream and, and call it good. Uh, but we tried that and there was a lot of noise. So we had to have two sets of receivers, one for the house sound and one for the live stream board, which means this, a sound guy that we had to hire had to run in-house sound on a separate board from the online sound. We had to find a way to get the presentations, the slides, the pre-made videos, etc., to display in-house and online. And we had to give people online the ability to turn on ASL interpreters that were interpreting for people who are deaf. We had a, a rotation of ASL people who were going to be... Um, rotating out as they get tired, but we had a rotation of people. There was always someone interpreting the event and interpreting the speakers and all the things that were happening. And we had to give the online crowd a feed of those ASL interpreters and the ability to turn them off or turn them on. And then we had to project an ASL interpreter into the overflow room where we also are projecting the live stream. And on top of all that, we had to handle all the sound coming from the videos that were pre-made. We had to handle all the lighting. We had to handle all the cameras. We had to handle all of the things that were needed to put together this project in-house uh, and on the live stream. And not everyone is going to be doing live stream events like that. Obviously, that's a special case. But that's just one example. Like I was talking to this guy who was telling me about how easy it video was. And a few weeks later, here I am putting this project together. And all I could do is think about what he told me because there are so many moving parts on that project that I promise you, if you would have stuck him in that scenario, he would have really, really, really struggled. And he would have found out really fast how hard it is. Even commercial work. I take on commercial projects with clients and the higher, like the bigger the, the client is and the higher the dollar amount is, the less room you have for mistakes. So there's a lot of pressure there. And you have to know how to light. You have to know how to run uh, sound and, and capture great sound and massage that sound and post. You have to know how to script right. You have to know how to project plan, how to handle a budget, how to hire a team, how to work with clients. There's a lot of moving parts. And the, the, the bigger you get and the better you get, the more equipment you need, the more experience and understanding and knowledge you need of how to use that equipment, it gets tough. I mean, there's a reason why it's so hard to get into video like like actual film making in 
markets like Atlanta or Hollywood, like to make it to that level, only a select handful of people can make it that far. I have a lot of friends who went and paid a lot of money to go to film school and are now art teachers or who don't do anything with video at all whatsoever because it's hard to break into that market. You got to be really good. So if you want to be serious about video and take it past the content creation stage, you will find out really fast how difficult it actually is. When you have a client asking you how to pull off some graphic effect that's really complex, you're you're gonna realize really fast that those little presets that you have in Premiere aren't gonna cut it. Those little pre-made graphics, you know? You're gonna have to get a VFX artist involved and there's gonna be a lot of pre-planning of how you're gonna capture something in the field so that the VFX artist can have what they need to be able to create that effect. You're gonna find out how challenging it is when you're starting to run into challenging lighting or audio situations where you got to go into a room and figure out how do I take this room and that's got a lot of echo and reverb and how do I take that and capture quality sound in this room and how do I convert this room into a beautiful, beautifully lit room when it's really flat? How do I stage it? There's a lot of moving parts there. So it gets really complicated. And that's just for the actual video production side of it. When you start talking about the business side of it, it only gets harder I am in what I call the, the middle ground, which is a tough place to be. The middle ground essentially is where you charge too much to be working with small mom and pop coffee shops, for example. But at the same time, Apple's not knocking down your door to shoot the next iPhone 15 commercial, right? You're in that middle ground where you are trying to make a living at video, you're trying to pick up bigger clients. Again, you're not going to be getting Tesla anytime soon, more than likely, but at the same time, you're not charging $500 for your videos either. You're in this weird middle ground. And let me tell you, it is a bloodbath in the middle ground. There is only so many clients to go around. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity out there but there's only so many clients and everyone wants a piece of that. Everyone wants to get in the middle ground. Everyone wants the next big project with the next big client. And so it's really cutthroat. And not only is it cutthroat, but the question is, how do you find clients in the middle ground? Like, how do you get those clients? You can't just pick up the phone and call a large company in the oil and gas industry or in the AEC industry or a large client in a medical industry. You can't just pick up the phone and call those people. I mean, you can, but the odds of you cold calling and getting jobs at, at, at that level in the middle ground is pretty small. You have to network your way in and that takes time. It takes you building relationships. And even if you spend time and build relationships, there's no guarantee that you're gonna get work with any of those clients. It is challenging to get work in the middle ground, enough work to, to make a good living. I look at my family. I've got a stay-at-home wife. I've got a son who's about to be two years old in a couple weeks. I've got a daughter who just turned four months old. I have a mortgage. My wife had to get a new vehicle when we had our son two years ago because she had a single cab truck and you can't put a car seat in a single cab truck. So we have a mortgage, we have a car payment, we have two kids to pay for, I have a wife that I have to support. And on top of all that, because I am self-employed, I have to pay for health insurance out of my own pocket, which you probably know is really expensive. And if that wasn't enough, we just got hit with $50,000 worth of medical bills. 
a couple months ago because my daughter, when she was born, was in the NICU in the hospital for a month. And I'm fighting the insurance company to try to get that reduced because we are supposed to have an out-of-pocket max and that far exceeds that out-of-pocket max. However, as of this moment, that hasn't been reduced. So I've got a house, a mortgage, $50,000 of medical bills we just got. Um, my wife has some student loans, so do I. I've got a stay-at-home wife and, and two kids and a car payment. I mean, dude, that is a ton of stuff. I feel like I've got money coming out of every fiber of my being. It's just going in every direction. I, I, and it's hard for me to keep up with sometimes. But that's the reality of life. If you're going to get married and you're going to have kids and you're going to buy a house and buy a car and you know run into some medical things because that's just life, then you're going to find yourself in the same place I'm in. And so to make a living, a good living, a living that can not only sustain a life like that, but that can allow you to have a little bit of breathing room, it takes a lot of money. So you have to make a lot of money to be able to pay for all those things, a lot of money. And I'm not talking gross, I'm talking net. And and you still got a business to run. I mean, you've got to do advertising for your video business. You've got to pay for business insurance. You've got to pay for um, new equipment because you're probably going to have equipment that gets old that needs to be replaced or the market's changing. Some new hot item comes out that everybody and their brother wants and you're trying to keep up with everyone. So you want to buy it. So there goes money there. So you got a lot of money in the business on top of everything else. And so it's expensive. You, you have to make a lot of money to make a good living at this, especially if you are a single income family and you are the sole provider, as is the case in our house, you have to make a lot of money. And that is tough especially in the middle ground where it is a bloodbath, where it is very cutthroat and everybody is competing against each other to try to get the same piece of the pie. And maybe in your area, it's not so bad, but I live in Texas. Texas is the fastest growing state in the United States. And the central Texas area I live in is the fastest growing area of the fastest growing state in the United States. It is mind boggling. The mayor of Round Rock said the other day, we had an average of over 100 people a day moving to the city of Round Rock a day. That's 700 people a week moving in to Round Rock, which is just right north of me. That's just one town of many. There are a lot of people coming here. And the video market in Austin and San Antonio is absolutely full of people who do video for a living. So I have to, in my market, out-compete or at least stand out in some way against all of those people so that I can get my piece of the pie, a large enough piece to support my family. And that is tough. And once you do get a piece of the pie, you have to fight like hell to protect it because you can't afford to lose it. You know, I feel like I'm pretty honest on this podcast, so I'll be honest with my audience here. I was making amazing money from the end of Q4 2020 all the way through 2022. So basically Q4 of last year. There was a window of time in 2021, 2022, and Q4 of 2020 where we were making phenomenal money. We were doing really, really well, picking up a lot of new clients. We had so many projects going on. It was amazing. But 2023 has not been the same. A lot of people I know that are in advertising in some way, shape, or form, video especially, but people who do any any sort of marketing for brands beyond just video, any sort of advertising. It, this has been a tougher year. People are clamping down because there's some uncertainty in the market. There's some uncertainty in the economy. 
There are some new wars that have ramped up. And so people are a little nervous this year. And you can see that when you're getting less calls or clients you already have that are pre-existing are not wanting to do as many projects as they normally have wanted to do in the past. So it's been a tougher year. And when you couple that with the fact that everyone is competing for the same jobs that you are, it makes it a lot more challenging. So it is a tough industry. It is not easy. That is a lie. It might be easy in the beginning, but as you grow in your career and as you grow your video business and as you try to take steps toward being able to sustain a a level of income that allows you to support a family, support yourself, pay for your business, pay for equipment, pay for health insurance, unforeseen expenses, car. I mean, gosh, dude, I broke down an I-35 the other day. I had something wrong with my truck. I mean, you're going to run into stuff that where your car breaks down like that and you have to pay money to get it fixed. I had to get towed. I had all my camera gear in the truck and I had my camera operator with me and we're sitting there broken down and I-35 cars flying past us at 80 miles an hour, you know, and there goes several hundred dollars out of my pocket getting towed. And so you have to have money to pay for all those things. And so when you are competing against everyone else for the same piece of the pie, and you're doing it in a market that's a little shaky like it is right now, and you're trying to make enough money to support yourself and support a family, you will quickly realize how tough this is. It is a tough business to be in. It can be extremely lucrative, but it can also change in an instant. So you have to be prepared for that. And again, all of that just has to do with the financial side of it. But remember, there's also the fact that there's a lot to learn. If you want to get really good at it, if you want to take your your skills to the next level, if you want to really be good at video, you will find out that the skills required, the knowledge required to take that next step are far more difficult than they were when you were first getting started. So is this an easy business to make a living in? No, it is not. Can you make a good living in it? Absolutely. But it is more challenging than people think it is. If you're if you're like in the wedding industry or you're doing real estate and you got a local market that you are working in and there's not a lot of competition and you're you're able to just get in and knock videos out and churn out a lot of projects really fast, it might be a little easier to make money that way. But if you're trying to make a living doing commercial work, working on short films, doc projects, etc., and you're trying to work in that middle market, that middle ground, you will find out how difficult it really is. I've been doing this for over a decade, and I still today run into all kinds of challenges every week that I have to try to figure out how to overcome, and that is just the reality of this industry. So those are my two truths and a lie. This is a very, very, very fun job. That is a truth. And you can make really good money at this job. That is also a truth. But it is a lie that it is easy. So if you are listening to this podcast and you feel like you've been struggling a little bit, you've been trying to make a career out of this, or maybe you have made a career out of this, but you're running into a tough year, you're having a tough time competing with everyone else or competing with the ever-changing prices as the market gets diluted, I hope that you know that you are not alone. There are a lot, a lot of people out there that can identify with you. I know a guy that shot projects for one of the biggest Netflix shows to ever exist, and that guy is struggling himself this year because it's a tough year and a very tough industry. And that person, of all people, he's an amazing shooter. 
that person should have so much work that he can't possibly do it all. But this year has been really tough on him because it's a tough year and a tough market and a tough industry. And no one can escape that. Even if you're doing real estate videos for a living, all it takes is a, a housing market crash for you to potentially be out of business. So I don't say this for you to be discouraged or for you to um, not want to pursue a career in video. I, I think the opposite is true. Again, it's really fun and can be really lucrative. But just know that when you get into it, it is a tough career to get into. It's not easy. And you're going to have to work really hard to make it to that next level. And you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice. You're going to have to be willing to um, work extra hours late at night. And you have to be a little cutthroat. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm a little cutthroat myself because the market has made me cutthroat. And you have to be willing to be that way because it is a challenging, challenging career to build in a very challenging market in an industry that a lot of people really want to be in. So thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you aren't discouraged. I'm not trying to discourage anyone. I'm just trying to be honest that this is a tough industry to be in. If you disagree, go to the Filming with Josh Facebook group and let me know why. And if you do agree, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and rate it and let me know your comments or thoughts about the podcast. Next week is our 100th episode. I can't wait. I'll see you all then. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today. Yeah.